Well, uh, we're in our study in the book of Proverbs, so turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 5. Serious. We're talking about parenting today, um, and this is a little bit different message on parenting because it is parenting uh, for those of you who have children outside of your house and what to do with those adult uh, children that you have and how to maintain a good relationship with them. We, First uh, Timothy chapter 5, and this is, I hope this isn't too hard to follow, but um, chapter 5 verse 2 says this, Honor widows who are truly widows, but if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness in their household and to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. Some of your older folks are saying, boy, that's good preaching right there. If you start out with passages like that, where the children are and the grandchildren are to be a blessing and to show their relationship with the Lord to their parents. You like that. What that displays for you uh, is God's design that... Children, eventually, uh, those roles will flip. And that as we have desired to be a blessing to our children and to raise them and to care for them, they will now take care of especially the widow, uh, the widow who is uh, in need. And the, the children and grandchildren will do that. We've been talking about this for a couple of weeks, that the Word of God does not have uh, a picture that we have in America of independence one generation from another. Uh, there's not a magical time of 18, of 20, or 24, or 34, or whatever, uh, when kids split off from their parents and they no longer have this intimate relationship of impact any longer. And so this morning, I use that as a backdrop uh, for us to talk about relationships, parents to adult children. Let me pray for us and ask God's blessing on our time. God, thank you for the opportunity of being before your word. God, sometimes we don't see it as an opportunity. Uh, we see it as an obligation. And, and rather than that, God, I ask that you would uh, open our hearts to what you have to say this morning. God, I pray that our pride would not get in the way of uh, what we have done, nor uh, what we are to do for the days to come. God, I pray that your word encourage us this morning to walk faithfully with you. Uh, thank you for your grace in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we have this new relationship, uh, right? Your your kids get a little bit older. I realize that uh, uh, some of you have small children, and, and parenting has just begun. And it's exhausting. Uh, there's a schedule to it, isn't there? There's just a rhythm. It's an hour and a half to two and a half hours. You're supposed to feed, and that takes about a half hour. And then you wrestle with your kid, poop and diapers and various other things. And they, that takes about a half hour to get all those things situated. And then sometimes it takes a half hour to figure out how they're supposed to sleep and all that stuff. And then reload, rinse and repeat, right? Uh, that you start that all over again. And there's an exhaustion 
uh, to an infant stage, but there's also an exhaustion uh, for that toddler phase when they start doing things, right? Because they're starting to communicate, they're starting to walk and wobble, and uh, they're starting to wreck things, they're starting to be a greater danger, they have some mobility that they can really wreck the place in a moment's time, and there's like, wow, this is just exhausting trying to keep up with this. Um, and then you get uh, past that to the questions. You know, they start talking and they're asking questions and they need instruction. They they don't know anything, so they're asking questions. And there's they do have a bedtime for the most part that they go to bed. And then there's that feeling of like, <sighs> afterwards, it's really nice. But uh, there there's a, a, a tiring phase to all that. And I, this may be a discouragement to you, but those who have their kids grown, uh, there's also a burden to that phase of life as well. That it's just not as easy to relate to your kids. When when your kids are small, it's really simple. You read them books. You feed them cookies. You know, uh, uh, you be nice to them, sweet to them. You you take care of them. And they get it. You know, how how does a, a, a mom build a relationship with her infant? It's real simple, right? All those things she's doing with her infant. There's there's no question of uh, whether we need each other here, right? There's no question. But when that son or that daughter get to the place where they're 15, 16, 20, 25, 30, 40, what's the relationship like now? What, how, how's that work? And this morning... That's what we're going to be talking about from the book of Proverbs. That's a transition. Those are different relationships, aren't they? And most of the time, parents have a problem with that, don't they? Uh, uh, The parent. Uh, You really understand when uh, a child is young, you have input into their life. And what you do is you tell them what they're doing wrong and you tell them what to do right. If you maintain that kind of relationship to a 16, 17, 20, 30, 40 year old where you're telling them what they're doing is wrong and telling them what to do is right, I'll tell you how that relationship's going to go uh, apart. That's what that's going to happen there. It's a different relationship. And uh, Pastor Mike has worked on these things quite a bit. And I'd encourage you, if you can't wait till we have him up here to preach on these things, or even if he writes a book, which could be happening. Um, he, he talks about how in a, in a young child, you really need rules. You need rules. And some would connect that to the idea of the law. You, you need to be shown what's right and what's wrong because you don't know. But as things grow and as the kids grow and time goes on, those laws uh, don't work as well. They don't provide the influence on the child's life that you want to have. And so as they grow, you desire them to be independent, not independent of everyone, but independent of you, of you. Grow them to that place of independence in relationship with God. So things need to change, and we're in that transition. Uh, Many times in our minds as parents, they don't change. They don't change. What happens is we see our adult children and we think we need to tell them that they're wrong. 
We, we, we need to tell them. We see wrong things in their life. That's our job. You're wrong. That was a stupid thing you did. You, you did it wrong. You know, you should have done it like I told you to. Let me tell you again what I think you should do. Some of us, we do that over and over again, and it might resemble and just leak over just a little bit into nagging, nagging, where, um, let me just tell you, you can get away with nagging. You can get away with nagging in your home with your children when they're four, when they're 10. You might even be able to get away with it when they're teenagers. But guess what happens when you nag to your adult children? You're on the phone. Let me tell it to you. Did I did I not make myself clear? One more time. They go, gotta go, mom. Gotta go. I'll call you sometime. Not too soon, but it'll be sometime, I'm sure. Click. They may come to visit, and if every time they come to visit, you come and you unload all the things that they're doing wrong, and you start going into nagging mode, guess what happens? Oh, wasn't that great when we visited my folks? Don't want to do that anytime soon again, you know? We think we need to tell them what to do. We think we have the right to communicate our disgust with their decisions. Ah, just the way you are. You always do it that way. You'd listen to me more often. You wouldn't have that problem. We think that our uh, our children should somehow folk, we look we're looking at our lives and we, their schedule should fit into our schedule, right? That, that we are the focus, we decide what's going to happen and what's not going to happen. And we say, you need to show up at this time with this, you need to, you, you need to do this. And uh, adults, you know what? Adults don't like that very much. When they think that they're still in fourth grade and they need to fit into your schedule. Many times it happens that adults desire their children, their adult children, to be a blessing to them, that they are the focal point, and forget that they are to be a blessing to their children, a blessing to their children. So uh, this morning, we're going to talk about how do we parent for a lifetime? How do we have relationship with our kids? And I want to warn you, this isn't just for parents of adult who have adult children. This is any kind of relationship. And I, I realized this morning as I as I speak to a group like this that what I'm presenting to you is what you want, not necessarily what you have. I, I know I, I wish that um like I said there's a simplicity to the early years where relationship is easy. Once, you know, you, you start getting another man or another young woman in your home, it become, becomes more difficult. It seems like it should be so natural, and sometimes it's not. In fact, sometimes it's a, a, a huge burden. And for some of you, you've been estranged from your, your, your children. You, you don't talk anymore. You, you don't have relationship. This morning, I'd encourage you to, to say this. 
I'm going to look to how I can repair that in the Lord. You know, obviously we can't do anything without the Lord. But how can I repair this? How can I begin to take steps to build relationship with my adult children? I have seven points this morning because I most of the time have seven points when I go through the book of Proverbs. So here we go. How to build a relationship that matters with your adult children. Number one, be intentional. Be intentional. As I think about this, it's the idea of as you think about your relationship with your children, you need to schedule it. You need to be intentional. You need to seek after it. It will not happen easily. I want to tell you that. And it's real simple because when your kids were small, when they were three to five, they didn't know too many other people other than you. They knew that they were a part of your life and they, it was easy. You were going through life. They, they ran to you for comfort. There was a simplicity to it that was nice. I'll, I'll even say it that way. It's nice. But as they grew in independence, as they grow, as they leave the home, there's not that natural coming together. And so you need to be intentional about it. Don't sit by the phone. Don't sit by the phone and go, I wonder when they're going to call. Pick up the phone, dial it, speed dial, right? Call, be intentional, make it part of your schedule. You, some of you are extremely busy. If you're extremely busy and you're too busy to be intentional about your relationship with your adult children, you won't have it. You won't have it. I think about the book of Proverbs, and I don't know if this has dawned on anybody as we've gone through it. This is a book from a father to a son. I I realize that this is inspired and this wasn't Solomon's idea, but what did Solomon do for his son? He wrote a book, wrote a book. Got a ton of things to tell you, son. I want a relationship with you. I do this for you. I, I want to share my heart with you about life. He wrote a book. You know what, this needs to be prioritized as well. Some of you have many activities that you're involved in. You you have jobs and lists and things that you need to do. You know what, those things need to be set aside if you desire a relationship with your kids. You know what, I'll even say it this way. It's going to cost you. It's an investment that you need to make. I, I don't just say an investment of time. Obviously it's that, but it's an investment of bucks, money. Some of you are saying, oh, you know, what what should I do? You know, gas prices are $4 a gallon. I don't know if we can make it. I don't know if we can come and see you. Well, your grandson's having a soccer game. And you you say on the phone, you're going, sweet. I get to go uh, to a soccer game. Probably going to rain. And I get to stand out in the rain watching a soccer game. My clumsy little grandson is going to fumble around with a ball that's up to his waist. And they're going to be tripping around and they're going to be running around. And then at the end of the game, nobody knows who won or lost. And all they can say is, what are we getting for snack? 
boy, that sounds like something I want to do in my latter years is to spend $4 a gallon to go down there to watch my grandson fumble around on the soccer field and not know. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It's going to cost you. The idea of relationship building. I, I'm so blessed by some of the folks in, in this church as they seek out their kids and say, what are you going to go do? I'm going to go up to my uh, kid's house to spend some time with them. Well, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to sleep in the, you know, I'm going to sleep in their hide-a-bed that's got that bar that goes right here, and I'm going to be totally uncomfortable. I'm not going to get sleep for three days, and the grandkids are going to be screaming. And I, but I gotta go. I gotta go. And in my mind, I'm thinking four dollars a gallon, bad sleep. Why would you want to go? It's because they want relationship with their kids. They're doing what it takes. I want to ask you, um, how are your actions communicating with your kids? Are your actions saying, uh, I want you to bless me, I want you to bless me? Or are your actions saying, I want to bless you, my son. I want to bless you, my grandkids. I, I want to build relationship with you. I want to give to you. I want to give to you. I think so often as adults we say, when's somebody going to bless me? When's somebody going to bless me? And I want to tell you, if you want relationship, you need to be intentional about building that and investing that with your adult children. Number two, number two, don't give up. Don't give up. I know this sounds obvious, but I, I know how these things go. I know how these things go. Some of you are going to go, yeah, super excited. I'm going to build a relationship. So you call your son or daughter this afternoon and say, hey, what's going on? And they go, oh, uh, nothing. Why'd you call? I just wanted to see how you were doing. And they're like, I'm doing fine. I got to go. I got to go. That's all I get. Yeah, I really got to go. Oh, can I call you later? It's a bad time. It's a bad time. Don't call me later today. I'm still busy then. So I'll call you in a couple of days. And you call in a couple of days and they don't pick up. And you say, well, how's this working out? And maybe you call in another couple of days. They don't pick up again. And you're going, they must have caller ID. Uh, you know, they're looking at the phone. They got my number. What, what do I do? And so you say, forget it. It's just too hard. Don't do it. Don't do it. Some of you, some of you are broken hearted about your children. Look at God's word as it talks, as, as Solomon talked to his son. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 3, he talked about two characteristics that should mark the life of a man who has a right relationship with God. This is what it says. Let not steadfast love, this is chapter 3, verse 3, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you, Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. That word faithfulness, the idea of doing what's right over and over and over again. Not on the basis of results or whether you're feeling tired today or you're too tired of doing the right thing. It's the idea of showing up over and over again. That should be the picture of your relationship with your son or your daughter, your adult son or your adult daughter. And especially, especially in the case of them not knowing the Lord. Not knowing the Lord. You see, um, 
this, uh, some things that I talked with with Pastor Mike. So in the, in the early days, what, do, what did you have over your kids? You had the law, right? Rules. They didn't follow the rules. Something happened. There were consequences. Spanking, you know. Have you ever uh, tried to spank your 40-year-old son? That wouldn't work out so well for my father. It just w- wouldn't work out. You know, the whole knees, they would snap, you know, all those things. I'd take you over my knee. That wouldn't work out so well. So you have to have a different way. It has to be replaced. So you replace it with relationship. And guess what relationship bears? Influence. Influence. You have a relationship with someone, you listen to them. It happens in junior high, right? You know, if someone's in seventh grade, who do they listen to? The ones they, have, the ones they like, the relationship that they like. If they don't know them and they don't care about them, what? There's nothing I'm going to listen to. And so to have influence, to have influence as an adult, you need to have relationship. And so it's so critical that we don't give up. Don't give up. It's not God's intention that we would not have a relationship with our adult children. Work at it. Don't give up. Number three kind of goes along with that is don't back up. Don't back up. In your relationship, as you talk with your son or daughter, there's a tendency for us to fear their approval or disapproval. As adults, it's really insecurity that happens, but we struggle with what people think about us and you might struggle with what your son or your daughter thinks about you don't back up listen to this uh we've been talking about this turn over to proverbs chapter 29 verse 25 we've been talking about this week in and week out that proverbs the book of proverbs is talking about the relationship that that we have with god and how that impacts everything that we do We have a right relationship, which is to fear God and to be in relationship with Him. And that filters out to all other relationships. But look at what chapter 29 says, verse 25. Chapter 29, verse 25. Super important to throw alongside our fearing God. Is that the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. It's kept safe. You see, there's a danger for us to fear our children. And when they, say, when they say to you, I don't want to talk about the things of God anymore. Don't bring it up anymore. For us to say, okay, can't say anything. Let me ask you a question, parents. If your three-year-old told you to shut up, what would you do? It'd be problems, right? It'd be problems, you know. That doesn't make for a, a you know the birds chirping type atmosphere in your home, right? In fact, the birds, they, they run away when things like that happen in your home. So, so if you would not listen to your three-year-old to tell you to shut up, why would you listen to your 30 or 40-year-old as an adult? For them to say, you can't talk about that anymore. Don't... You don't want to give up, but you also don't want to back up and say, those are off limits. We can't talk about those things because they told me no. This relationship, I want to tell you, um, if you love your kids, if you have a relationship with them, uh, even if it's a poor relationship, 
what is the influence that you want to have on their life? You want them to have a, a better life, a better paying job, a better home, uh, a happier, all those things we want, but none of those compare with them clinging to God, with, with them having a relationship with Him. It's the one thing that they need. And so there's a tendency for us as parents to say, to look at our adult children and say, uh, you know, they told me we can't talk about that anymore. And so I'm afraid of their opinion of me. Don't be afraid of their opinion of you. Be afraid that they would not understand how much God loves them. Some of you say, well, I love my, my child too much to risk that. Um, I don't think you do. Uh, the book of First John, it talks about this principle that's super important, is that we love because he first loved us. That, that's how it works. We love because he first loved us. If you love your children, it's because you can love them truly out of your relationship with him. And so for us to say, yeah, I love you, but I'm not going to talk about the greatest love, the one you need most of all. Don't do that. Don't fear their opinion, but rather be in that relationship of fearing God. So we have be intentional, don't give up, don't back up. And now number four, confess your contribution. Confess your contribution. So this is the toughest one of all, I think. As we look about... Uh, our parent relationship. When you have an adult child, you know, and that happens somewhere in the teen years or somewhere around there, that you realize that the cement is beginning to set. Uh, you're kind of done with that that whole idea. You fulfill that transition to that new role, um, and problems come up. And you say, "Well, what do you do when problems come up?" Um, I want to encourage you to confess your contribution, okay? And what, I'm, what I mean by that is this, that as parents, we have sinned. We have sinned in the raising of our children. We have sinned. And there's, uh, there's this tough thing for us to do, especially if your kids are, are older and they've already grown. You, you want to say, I taught you better than that. I taught you better than that. And in reality, if our kids would not be respectful, but be truthful, they'd say, oh, no, you didn't. Oh, no, you didn't. You said one thing and did another. You modeled to me. You said trust in the Lord. And yet I saw you in other areas of your life that you didn't trust him. And so it's, I think it's a healthy thing to confess your contribution. God's word says this, and our pride gets in the way of this. Uh, chapter 28, verse 13. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13. This is a super freeing. I, I know that's hard, but it's freeing too. Verse 13 says this, Whoever conceals his transgression will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. It's good for us to confess our sins, even to our children, and specifically to the adult children that we have. I really believe that it is um, a practice that is a relationship-building exercise, to be specific, to watch as our kids struggle and say, hey, let me tell you a little bit about that struggle right there. That came from your dad. 
came from your dad. And I taught you that. I taught you. I struggled with that same thing. I didn't do what's right. And guess what? You picked up on it. I think about how I struggle with that now. And, you know, I, the, you know that, that, that promotes relationship. That's right. Some of you are struggling with this right now. And I want you to know, ask a question. It's an exercise I'm going to go through. Are you a, a good driver or a bad driver? Think of, get, get your answer in your head right now, right? Don't, don't answer for other people around you or point or anything like that, okay? It was so sweet in the first service. Uh, someone, you know, there was, a, there was a pause and a little bit more people, and so people didn't want to answer. And then all of a sudden, a, a, a mom answered, I'm a bad driver. And her family kind of laughed around her. I think the pressure of all the eyes of her family around her uh, brought her to that place. But um, a good driver, a bad driver. If you're a bad driver and you get a ticket or you're in an accident that's your fault, you think, yeah, it's only a matter of time before that was going to come, right? It's just because I'm a bad driver. But let me talk to you good drivers here for a moment. Some of you confidently asserted that you're a good driver. Um, have you ever done anything, um, you maybe just had a lapse, uh, where you did something that could have brought about an accident? Have you ever had a moment where um, you did something that wasn't in character with what you were doing, but it was extremely dangerous? Of course, Right? Even the best of drivers. Let me ask you, are you a good parent or are you a bad parent? Oh, that's tough. Because even, this is what I'm getting at, okay? Even if we've done, especially I I think there's a danger for you who are young parents here this morning. You're going to go, I'm going to do it all. I'm going to do it all. I'm going to be the perfect parent. Read Proverbs 20, 20 times yesterday. And I'm, I, I'm getting all those books and I'm going to do it all. I, I figured out, you know, all the systems that I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it all. And I'm going to be the perfect parent. I want to tell you, you can't be the perfect parent. You can't. And so what you want to do is you want to walk with the Lord. And there are days that you, you're going to, impart your sinful life on your offspring. And and I, I think that what we try to do as we're done with parenting is we want to point to our days of awesomeness. We want to say, you know, I, I did it right that day. Yeah, you might have done it right, but you didn't intend to do it that way. It was an accident, okay? There weren't that many days of awesomeness, uh, there, there was, it was God's grace. You know, if anything good came out of it, it was God's grace. And if anything else came out of it, it was you. And so for us to get good at confessing our contribution to our adult children and saying, look, you know, I see you struggling. I, I need to tell you a story. I know where that came from. <laughs> came from me. Came from me. It's good to confess. It's good to acknowledge our part, the things that we have done wrong. I think our tendency is to turn to our adult children and say, I taught you better than that. You didn't learn that from me. 
You know, I, I, I taught you the right way and you chose to go the wrong way. But to get good at confession with our kids. This next one goes along with it. Number five is to practice humility with your kids. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2 says this. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. The humble is wisdom. What a picture, right? You have an opportunity to build relationship with your kids. Get good at practicing humility with them. I know there's a tendency for you to want to validate your years of life with them. It's super hard when your kids are smarter than you. It's super difficult when they have accomplished maybe more than you have accomplished. And for you to have relationship with them, there's sometimes an intimidation where you need to validate that you really were great. Don't do it. Don't do it. But get good at being humble before them. What does that look like? We've been talking about the last few weeks. Humility is closely connected with service. Closely connected with service. And you say, well, how does that all work? Well, if you're proud, if you're proud, this is what you require of people. Is that they would come. That they would come and they would acknowledge. They'd come before you as a king and a servant. And they would say, pay, pay homage to me. If you're proud, you say, you need to pay homage to me because I'm great. You need to bow before me and acknowledge that you are lower than I am. That's what the proud says. What the humble says is this. I will serve you. I'll serve you. Will you serve your kids? Will you look at them? and Will you see when you have opportunity to build? Will you serve them? Will you humbly take those jobs and situations in their life where you're saying, they should be doing that for me? Will you serve them? Willingly serving them, showing them what humility looks like. Practice humility with your kids. Number six, cherish God's wisdom, not your own. Cherish God's wisdom, not your own. As you look at um, the book of Proverbs, Solomon took the first few chapters. And it's almost, as you read it, it's almost redundant the way he goes over it, those first few chapters. And you say, well, what, what does he talk about? I haven't read it. You need to read it. He talks about wisdom. And what he's, he's not just saying, hey, son, hey, son, you need some wisdom because you're not very smart. He doesn't just say that. He pleads with him. He pleads with him. He tries to, I want to say it this way, he tries to sell his son on wisdom being most important for him. It's, it's, this, it's this picture that Solomon cherishes wisdom, the wisdom that comes from God, and he makes an impassioned plea to his son, saying, son, you need the wisdom of God in your life. And so for us, as we desire to build relationship, a relationship of influence, I want to encourage you to cherish, cherish God's wisdom, not your own. You know, everyone wants to write a book, 
Everyone wants to write a book. I, I've got a lot to say, and people are going to love reading it. <laughs> love reading it. You know, if I write a book, it's going to be a bestseller because i got so much to I'm so smart. <laughs> um, I don't think that's... Some of you are going, well, I don't want to write a book. Yeah, I know. You want to do a seminar. <laughs> you want to do a seminar. I'm not much of a writer, but I do like it when there's a crowd of people and they're listening to me expound my great wisdom and all the knowledge that I've accumulated over these years of my life. You know, they haven't been to the school of hard knocks like I have gone. And I've learned some lessons that no one else has figured out before. I want to do a seminar. You say, well, I'm not, you know, that, that's not me at all. Yeah, you just want to be a paid consultant, right? You want to come in and someone says, I got a problem. And you say, well, I'm the trouble, troubleshooter extraordinaire. You know, I can figure anything out. See, see, uh, I, I got a problem. I know you got a problem because you're doing it wrong. <laughs> That's why you got a problem. And let me show you how I would do it. How I would do it. Because if you do it the way I do it, you do it the right way and you'll have great success. I'm a paid consultant. Let me ask you a question. Is what you have to write or to say or the troubleshoot, is it from God? Is it from God? Or is it from you? Is it from your years of experience? Is it from the way you think about life? Or is it from God? Proverbs uh, chapter 16, verse 16 is the way inspired way uh, that one father communicated with his son. He said this, he said, how much better to get wisdom than gold. Gold's a lot an ounce. It's expensive. To get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. He says, son, I, I need you to understand this. You don't need my wisdom you don't need what I think. You need what God thinks. And so for us as parents, we need to cherish the wisdom of God. And number seven, this is my favorite out of all my list of seven today. This is my favorite. That we need to develop, that we need to develop the art of sweet conversation. To develop the art of sweet conversation. Now, I want to turn a little bit here. This is for everybody. This is for everybody. But I really want to focus in on men right now. Men. Some of you struggle. Some of you struggle, as I struggle, with having, understanding the art of sweet conversation. You know real well how to bark out orders. You know real well how to direct, direct traffic and get things done. You're good at clear communication, but the idea of sweet conversation, you have no idea how that works. Uh, my wife and my boys are sitting here in our midst, and they know that dad needs to be sitting right right there, second row, so, so they could, dad can hear this. The idea of sweet conversation. As I go over the book of Proverbs and I read how how this plays out. It talks much about how we converse. Let me give you what sweet conversation looks like. Chapter 15, verse 1. Famous verse for the Bosler household. 
says this, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. If you don't get what that's saying, man, it's this, a soft answer, a soft answer. Um, I realize that um, your son or your daughter may call on the phone and they may have something they want to talk to you about. They're an adult and uh, they ask you a stupid question. They ask you a stupid question. And some of you are teachers, and you're, you're already arguing with me, and you say, there are no stupid questions. Yes, there are. Would somebody say it out loud? There are stupid questions. So as a dad, um, what, what we feel like is we need to harshly answer in a way that makes a point effectively. And so we say, that was a stupid question. You're so dumb for asking it. Why, why haven't you figured this out yet? I, I want to tell you, uh, a soft answer, a soft answer is what we're called to. L- listen to what this says. Um, uh, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I, I want to tell you, I, it, it's still wrong, but when your child is in fourth grade, you can treat them poorly. You can. They don't have any place to go, right? You can be, respond with that harsh answer. It's not going to be helpful for your home, but you can do that. But what's going to happen when they're 20, when they call you, and you treat them that way on the phone? Got to go. Uh, talk to you later, Dad. That, that just won't... The soft answer is one that, that settles down that relationship, brings it together, builds relationship. But you know what a harsh word does? Breaks it apart. We need to get good at sweet conversation. And the soft answer is one that we need to get good at. Men, women, children, grandmas and grandpas. The soft answer. Chapter 16, verse 21. Verse 21 says this, uh, chapter 16, The wise of heart is called discerning, and sweetness of speech increases persuasiveness. Um, so... Some of your burden here for your parent, your uh, your kids, your adult children. They're in college and they're out doing whatever they're doing, and they're a young married couple and they're doing all the kinds of things right. And you're like, how can I change these things? How can I? Uh, I, I want to tell you, there's a way. There's a way. It's not just a soft answer, which is good, but it's sweet speech. Sweet speech is to talk to them in such a way, in such a way that, that there's a, a winsomeness to that. It's, there's a sweet speech that calls them and says, I, I want you to listen. I want you to listen. And it's persuasive. Some of you say, well, I, I just need to be clear with my son or daughter. You may have been clear, but they were repulsed by the way you said it. And so they might do it just to spite you. If you're just looking to be right, that's not going to build relationship. 
It's not. It's not. You need to learn how to have a sweetness in your voice as you speak to him. I need to work on that. I'm not going to look for a show of hands. I'll just put my hand up. I need to work on this. You guys can tell me later, or your wives will tell me later, that you need to work on that. Maybe they do too. Chapter 10, verse 19. How to build relationship. It's this art of sweet conversation. Listen to this. Verse 19 says this. When words are many, transgressions is not lacking. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent or wise. What does that have to do with this? Some of you talk too much. Some of you talk too much. You know who you are. Your kids know who you are. Um, Get on the phone and you quickly go to, let me tell you about when I was a kid. Let me tell you about when I was your age. Let me tell you about this one grand day that I had that I did something really smart that you need to do just like I did and then you're going to be great success. And you're talking and you're, 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 you're expounding and they're wanting relationship with you but you're giving them a monologue. Have you ever been around someone who talks too much? Uh, someone who just goes. They can just string story one to another. And, uh, and how do you feel uh, when you're done spending time with them? Happy, right? You, you kind of debrief in your own mind. You go, man, I wanted to say something, but I couldn't get a word in edgewise. I, I, I really wanted to say something, but I, I just, they were just going. And what it was, it was they wanted to talk and that's all they wanted to do. When words are many, when you talk too much, it's sin. It's, it's a self-focus, both in being a loose tongue as well as thinking you're the most important one. And I want to tell you, it ruins relationships, ruins them. People will avoid you. And this is, this is what I'm picturing. Your kids might avoid you. They, you know... They, they call you, if you're lucky enough that your kids would call you, if you're, if you're so blessed that they would pick up the phone and, and as they call, they say, I'm struggling. And that's a blessing that, that you would get that conversation. But if you say the answer to that is, let me tell you about all the things that I want to talk about, it will kill your relationship with your kids. One... Uh, one point that's very much like this, if you turn over to Proverbs chapter 29, that was talking too much. Chapter 29, verse 20. says this, it's very similar. It says, do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There's more hope for a fool than for him. It's not just if you have too many words, if you're too quick. Your, your son or daughter calls you, I got this problem, and you go, oh, great, I got the answer. Let me tell you the answer. You're talking. Don't. Don't do it. Don't be hasty in your words. Maybe you should have the discipline of asking three questions so you make, you, make yourself understand what's going on before you say a word. 
Oh, you're struggling? Oh, how long has this been going on? How does it affect you? What brought it up? Oh, yeah? Oh. Sounds like a big deal. It's back and forth. It's a relationship. It's, you're, you're not the answer people. You're not the troubleshooters. Your son or your daughter, your adult son, they want relationship with you. That's what God's intended. It's part of having this sweet conversation. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 16, verse 24. This is the last one. Um, we end with a bang. 16, verse 24. Think about this in the context of you with your adult children. Think about this. It says this. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Gracious words. Now, um, some of you have, you, you really are fascinated with the times of the Bible. And you'd like to be going back in time. And oh, I, love, I would love to have lived in that time. Some of you, I want to tell you, you wouldn't have loved it. And I'll tell you why. Um, desserts. Desserts. They had a really poor selection of desserts in biblical times. You know, there, there wasn't much, a couple of fruits, a little bit of honey, and that, that's all they had. And they, you know, they'd put it on dry things and they'd call it a dessert, Okay. But do you look at look at this verse? Gracious words are sweet. Do you like desserts? Do you like sweet things? And you just go, oh man, it, it just tastes so good. This is what gracious words are. That you would speak in a kind and, and drawing in way. There's a sweetness to it that's attractive. You know what should happen? Let me be real clear. This is maybe a clear test, and you may not be able to figure this out. When you talk to your son or daughter on the phone or in person, they should go, man, it was just sweet to talk to my mom or dad. I loved it. Just the way they always encourage me and the, the grace that they show. Oh, it's just so great to talk to mom and dad. Why? Because their gracious words are like honeycomb. What does it do? What does it bring about in the life? Sweetness to the soul and health to the body. It was so good to talk to them. There, it's, there's no one like my mom and dad when I talk to them on the phone. You know why? Because they, they give me they, their sweetness. They're just thoughtful in the way they talk to me. And it's something that brings health to my life and sweetness to my life. You know what that is? That's the art of sweet conversation. We're not very good at it. We're good at clear communication. We're good at uh, distributing orders, advice, but not the art of sweet conversation. And you say, well, do I have to give up? You might have to give up those other things to get sweet conversation because that's relationship back and forth. And you say, well, why would I want to do that? Because you want to have influence. You want to have influence. Influence to see God at work in the life of your son or daughter. One last thing I need to say. Um, and it's really kind of encompasses and needs to be about all these things. Is you need to pray. You need to pray. Uh, you need to pray uh, for your son or daughter. 
for God to work in their life. Uh, you need to pray um, in preparation to talking to your son or daughter. Um, you need to pray as you're praying, as you're talking to them. God, help me say something smart and wise and not from me, but from you. Um, you need to pray after you talk to them. And, and, and it just needs to be bathed in prayer. And you say, well, why? What if I do all those things right? I want to tell you that this isn't just to improve today. You want to have an eternal impact on their life. And without God being a part of your conversations and your relationship, there's nothing there that can be done. And so pray. And so that's what we'll do now. God, thank you uh, for those represented here this morning and their relationships with their uh, children, uh, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Um, God, I want to uh, lift up specifically those who have walked away or do not walk with you. God, I ask that you would empower these parents to not give up, to not allow uh, the discouragements of their relationship and the breakdown there to cause them to give up. God, I ask that you would restore relationships that have been broken and that you would use those represented right here, right now. I ask that you would use them mightily as they seek to build a relationship with their children and grandchildren. God, thank you for your grace. Lord, we uh, have not succeeded much in anything and nothing apart from you. God, thank you for being kind and merciful to us. I ask that you would empower us to be diligent um, to seek relationship with our children that we might influence them towards you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being here this morning. You are dismissed.